Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and a happy new year. We're now in 2024 and I've decided to start the new year with looking back slightly and give you, in my opinion, what the best scientific breakthroughs were of 2023. Now, I've brought some of these to you already mercifully in podcasts and uh, that just shows you uh, that I am kind of keeping abreast of those developments there's great sources for this if anybody wants to look it up themselves uh, I got some of this from popular science for instance which I often use as a source of science updates strange enough Wikipedia is very good so Wikipedia every year will go through month by month what, what they think are the biggest breakthroughs so there's various sources and then my own information as well so it's a bit, a bit of a mix of different things and as ever science never sleeps unbelievable I mean, year on year, more and more discoveries are being made. And it's partly because there's more of us in science. And remember, any young people listening in, you're always welcome. We need you. Join this adventure, because it's fantastic. And and the examples I'm going to give are real breakthroughs. So there's more scientists out there anyway. And therefore, you're going to see an increased rate of discovery. Secondly, AI, which I will come on to actually as we use more and more, that's speeding up the scientific process. So the rate at which we're discovering stuff is fantastic and year on year it gets faster and faster and who knows we may discover everything that we need to discover eventually well what are the chances of that I don't know but certainly the major areas as ever where we need progress are in diseases my area can we get better treatments climate change keeps roaring at us as we all know is a big one as well uh, and then other technological advances that will help us in all kinds of ways and uh, the brain neuroscience big area for trying to make discoveries there's a whole set of things really new chemicals being made that can be beneficial in various ways there's a long list of things that scientists are trying to do but also fundamental knowledge and remember never forget while I'm at it that science is actually just about discovery and curiosity and trying to solve puzzles that they don't have to be useful the ultimate motivation of a scientist is to figure things out of course you do if you discover something that might be useful that's great but you don't have to be saying oh i'm gonna find a cure for disease up front and often that doesn't work strangely we we stumble into things unexpectedly serendipitously and then then capitalize on them that's a key feature as well but as i say lots of discoveries that are fantastic now let's begin with one of my favorites of the year the number of steps to take per day to exercise now, as, again, many listening will know are badgered by this, you've got to take 10,000 steps a day for your health, otherwise you're going to die, or die young, or whatever it is. Well, the number is in is 3,967 steps per day will do you. That's sufficient per day. Now, I like that study because it was a huge study, 226,000 people, and again, it's always a numbers game. For every extra 1,000 steps, of course, you see more benefit. But still, if you want to just do, do the minimum that will help you, it's around 4,000 steps per day. And that's all about exercise, and exercise is so good for us in all kinds of ways. But there we have it, the jury's in on the number of steps per day, so that's, that was a good one. Now, the second big one that really got me was to do with ageing, and I may have covered this as well, uh, a big breakthrough. It was in January, actually, so it's a year ago. And this is held up, and it's still causing excitement. Uh, it was a lab led by a guy called David Sinclair, who showed that ageing, as we, you know, as we all know, we all get older, it's a lot to do with epigenetics. Now, what that means is DNA is there with the genes, and they make the RNA, and they make the proteins, and that's all good. But you can mark the DNA, and the marks mean certain genes are overexpressed or underexpressed. It's 
on epigenetics. It's like the uh, the volume control on a gene. But what David's work showed, and other labs had shown this before, marks build up as you get older. They're like stains, and they change the expression of genes, and that in turn then gives rise to aging in various situations. But what David's lab managed to do was increase the marks or decrease them. If you increase them, you speed up the aging process. If you decrease them, you can get younger. This is in mice. So he was able to reverse aging in mice. And when I dug into that a bit, uh, you can, let's say you're in your 50s as a human. If you could do what he did in mice, you would then revert back to being a 25 year old in terms of your muscle strength, your eyes, all the various things that age, you could make them younger. I mean, it was incredible finding, really. I mean, you think about it, now it is in mice. Uh, there's always worries tampering with these things might cause cancer, so let's not get too excited. But the fact that aging could be sped up or slowed down has to be seen as a big advance. And the medical relevance there, of course, is uh, as you get older, your risk of all nasty diseases that, be, that are called non-communicable diseases goes up. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cancer is effectively a disease of aging. Now, young people get cancer as well, of course, but the risk goes up as you get older, and that has to be tied into this. So again, you can imagine uh, if this continues, this line of research. Many labs now be following up on Sinclair's work watch, as I mentioned, uh, a big breakthrough. We'll see if it now you know, can be capitalised on. We'll see lots of progress here, I predict, in the coming year. Now, my third one is Alzheimer's. And without doubt, this 2023 was the year for Alzheimer's breakthroughs. In fact, of all the diseases that we talk about, the two big ones where there was big progress where it was Alzheimer's and cancer. And I've done, I've done cancer a few podcasts ago, so I won't touch on that again. But this one, there were two big breakthroughs here. One was the drug company Lilly had a drug to slow down Alzheimer's. First time ever in a clinical trial, they slowed it down by a third. And this drug, it's an antibody, and the antibody mopped up a protein called beta amyloid in the brains of Alzheimer's people. And beta amyloid is the mischievous protein here. If you soak it up like a sponge almost, they were able to show they could slow down disease progression. First time ever, really, that Alzheimer's has been slowed. Another company called Esai have a similar drug that showed similar effects. And that was nice, two separate studies confirming each other. So first progress is slowing it down. But the second Alzheimer's breakthrough was gene silencing. Now, one of the big dreams we have for years is to correct broken genes. And a technology called CRISPR, which I've spoken about a lot, I would think. Uh, CRISPR is used to edit genes and correct them. That technology should really help us correct broken genes. In this case, they could turn off a gene for a protein called Tau, T-A-U, Tau. The drug is called VIIB080. They gave this silencer of Tau to people and they got a 50% decrease in Tau. Now, Tau is another mischievous protein in Alzheimer's. So beta amyloid is one, Tau is the other. This crowd targeted Tau and they were able to decrease it. Now, they haven't gone as far as to say does that slow it down, but certainly that's another finding that we will watch very closely. So here we have two ways, potentially, to mop up, get rid of the noxious thing building up in the brain in Alzheimer's, and that should surely slow down the disease. So again, a lot of optimism. Again, the Lilly trial was a phase three. It's now approved, actually. The gene silencing one will take a bit longer to get approved because it's still early days. But still, we see this as a great great start and great progress being made. And then the CRISPR bit, the first drug 
based on CRISPR was approved in 2023 for a thing called thalassemia, a blood disease. And again, that was a great milestone. So now we have, and it's very rare, it's only a subgroup of patients. But still, we now have a drug based on CRISPR in humans. So there should be more and more CRISPR-based drugs coming down the pipeline, I predict in 2024. Now, the last bit I'm going to talk a fair bit about is AI. And that, of course, uh, saw big advances as ever. And every time you turned on you know, social media or whatever, there was AI, wasn't there? And we were all a bit frightened of it. Uh, but AI, lots of examples of AI being used. The ones I like that really st- stood out for me were uh, one study on the risk of developing pancreatic cancer. Now, pancreatic cancer is one of the worst. The reason being, by the time you're diagnosed, it's too late in the vast majority of patients. And so therefore the goal has been, can you spot it earlier? And if you spot it early, you might treat it. And of course, the big analogy I often use is if it's too late, you're trying to close the stable door after the horse is bolted. Now in this case, and it's amazing, they identified people at risk of pancreatic cancer three years before they were diagnosed. You might wonder how the hell, that was a big population-wide study. And they were looking for signs of what might become pancreatic and they were able to spot it three years ahead. Now again, wouldn't that be marvellous? And that might end up being a situation where we're all tested now for the risk of pancreatic. And then if, if we see the risks, you'll be watched very closely and get in with therapies as quick as you can, maybe even before symptoms appear. So the prediction of pancreatic was a great one. We're going to see more and more of that using AI for diagnosis of disease and then also AI for saying what treatments to use given all the complexities there. Uh, the second one I really liked was uh, drug discovery. So they're using AI more and more to try to find uh, new drugs to treat things and it sped up the drug discovery process. That was, that's been promised for about 10 years. I didn't quite believe it. I thought, how can they use AI to discover drugs? Surely us humans are needed for that. Well, it's becoming true. And one really good example is a brand new antibiotic. It's called Abousin, is the name they've given it from where they got it from. And it was discovered through AI. What they did was they took loads and loads of chemical structures. They could predict using computer algorithms which might work best. And that was based on knowledge of the structure, knowledge of some of the biology. They could interrogate lots of data that was out there, basically, on these compounds. And they end up with a very potent antibiotic. And that's important because there's a thing called antibiotic resistance. There's bacteria developing resistance to our current antibiotics, penicillin being the first antibiotic. Uh, loads of bacteria can dodge that now. And it's a big worry because if we have no antibiotics, we're in big trouble. We go back to the dark ages. Bacteria now kill you very easily. You couldn't have surgery because every time you have surgery, you have to have antibiotics. So the discovery of new ones is then something to be watched for. And Abousin is a brand new antibiotic. And that, will, I predict, will be approved pretty soon. And then another example that I thought was very striking was compounds called senolytics. And this brings us back to aging, actually. Because it turns out that as you get older, your cells become senescent. Now, senescent means they don't do their job properly and they're a bit weary, uh, like zombies. We sometimes the cells become like zombies sitting there not doing very much for you. And they're making inflammatory factors that promote the aging process. So many companies are trying to find senolytics, and that means drugs that kill senescent cells. And using AI, they found two. And they got great names. Gink Jetin is one and Oleandrin is the other. They sound like magic potions, but they're actually from natural products originally. And they've been shown to powerful senolytic effects. And again, in models, not yet in humans, they can target these senescent cells. And that improves things hugely. Now, again, it's not in humans, but it improves muscle strength. 
to improve his vision. You're getting rid of all those zombie cells, you see, that are clogging up the tissues. And then fresh, newer cells emerge, which can do the job much better. And again, a bit like my epigenetic example, you're now reversing the aging process. And what's good about this is these will be already active. You could take them as a tablet to reverse the aging process, which would be a superb thing to do. So there you have it, the two new senolytic compounds. And there you have it. They, that's my list of my favourite discoveries of 2023. Let's see what happens in 2024. I will bring to you all the latest science in the coming months. And thanks as ever for listening. My podcast, of course, is a new stock production available every Thursday for downloading. And cheerio.